Well, hey, welcome back to RiversideRealEstateSuccess.com. My name is Chris Mueller, and I am excited today to be joined in studio by Marla Booth. Now, Marla runs a fantastic uh, real estate business. She's absolutely one of the top producers in the Riverside marketplace. And what I love is like so many of the top producers I talked to, she came and said, why me? I'm not really a top producer. Uh, and, and it's just crazy because I, I hear that more often than not. But I'm excited to, to have this conversation, to hear um, just uh, from Marla's experience particularly at this moment as the market is changing rather rapidly. So without further ado, uh, Marla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great. I'm, I'm happy to have you with us. So, you know, I, I send everybody kind of a list of starter questions. Um, and so we'll start there. But I'd really love this to just be a conversation about the industry right now. Um, sure. I think um, there are a lot of agents who got their license after 2008. Um, they got it 2011 or 12, and all they know is a market where prices are going up, and that's not us anymore. So we'll get there. Okay. Um, but before we go, um, tell me about you. How long have you been in real estate? Well, in some capacity, since I was 17 years old, I started off in title, okay. and I worked in title for five years. Mm -hmm. I went from a chain puller, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, searching department, running the customer service, and then on a title desk okay. as a TO assistant. Wow. So I got some great knowledge in reading meets and bounds, understanding the legalities of title, mm -hmm. and in that arena, mm -hmm. which was very, very solid foundation mm -hmm. for yeah. selling real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So 17 years old, you were working in title. When did you make the jump then to going and being a sales agent? I did not become a sales agent until the early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, during that gap, got married, had some kids, ran property management business. Um, and my husband got his license first. Mm -hmm. We were trying to buy some income properties. And this was in the late 80s, and he just felt like he wasn't able, unless he was in the industry, he wasn't going to capture the good deals because mm -hmm. he felt like the agents or the agent's clients were getting them. So then he got his license. I started assisting him, doing a lot of short sales, files, and stuff like that. And then eventually I just got to into the business, I had to become licensed. Yeah, I love that. So it's it's interesting because, you know, real estate is one of those industries where you see husband and wife teams on a fairly regular basis, right? And I love it because it speaks to the kind of people who get into real estate, right? Because a, a marriage is hard enough, uh, but when you do a business with two people together, right, that can add another layer of, layer of complexity. Absolutely. And so you've got to be a communicator, right? You've got to be able to to kind of set those boundaries and those things. And so so you guys have been doing that now for a while then, yeah. Yeah, very long time. All right, awesome. So um, so you got your license, you began selling. Now, you it sounds like you got into it from the investment side. Um, yes, we started buying rentals mm -hmm. and managing rentals for a lot of clients. Right. And we at some point had 
I don't even remember. This was so long ago. 40, 50 rentals that oh, we wow. were dealing with and um, kind of moved away from that and just into, we still do some property management, but just for close clients. Right. Yeah. Awesome. It's, we don't, we're not out there looking for the property management. Mm -hmm. it, typically it's, we sell a house to a client that's an investor and then they ask us to, to handle it for right. them. Yeah. It's like a service you offer to existing Correct. clients. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you still active on the investment side? Um, yes, we okay. are. Okay. Awesome. Because that, that's definitely one of the conversations I, I plan to do a podcast in the future. That's just about real estate investing for realtors because there's too many people who spend a career in this industry and they build wealth for other people, but then they get to the end of it and it's sort of like, well, when are you going to retire? Never, because I have to keep working because they just went from deal to deal to deal to deal to deal. Mm -hmm. And man, as an industry, like it's our obligation that like, we have got to be investors as much as we are sales agents, right? We've got to build our own Absolutely. wealth. So I, I, I love that you're doing that. So um, I'd love to have that conversation specifically on the investment on another time. But I feel sure. like if we go down that road, that's all we're going to do today. So there's a lot to talk about. So you've been in it since the 90s. And so you've seen your share of markets. Yep. This will be the third, I call it cyclical mm -hmm. market. Um, in the 90s, we really did a lot of short sales in the late 90s. Um, and this is really going to date me back when March Air Base shut down, when all of the Lockheed and them left the state. Mm -hmm. Marina Valley was a bedroom community. Everybody was commuting. Right. They lost their jobs. March shut down and it was it was a mess. I mean, people were losing their houses and I became very good at doing short sales. Did for our clients and then I would have agents ask me to assist them on their short sales. Yeah. So I would do that as well. Yeah. And then, of course, the market came back roaring. Then um, 2007, we were like, uh oh, we we're going to hit the wall. Mm -hmm. And that's when all the the bad mortgages, messy mortgages. Oh, yeah. Um, were came into play, which now we have. That's not happening now. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we're in, we're in a different market, you know, um, you don't have people who got into a home with zero equity, you know, Correct. Um, the instant that they, or adjustable rates that the instant anything happened. You know? Stated income, stated assets. Ooh. You could be working at Starbucks and claim you make oh, yeah. X amount of dollars. If yeah. you had a heartbeat and a decent FICO score, you got a mortgage. Yeah. And I think that's, that is something that's really important to realize on the part of agents and, and the consumer, right? I think, I think that's a real challenge in the market right now as a listing agent or with a buyer's agent is the consumer thinks that anytime the market shifts, it's going to be like it was in 2008 and it's not, right? It's not. That was, that's like a, well, you know, <laughs> that's a once in a lifetime experience where Correct. you have that kind of a crash. And yeah. we've got safeguards and safety measures that the government set into play now mm -hmm. working with appraisals. Oh, yeah. There's no more lender behind the back handshakes with a lender and appraiser saying, if you pull this in, I'll get you some more business. Yeah. They can't even talk to the appraisers now. Yeah. Oh, and it makes a big difference. I, you know, I had a listing recently where, um, the, the appraiser got the appraisal and he was in the hospital and so nobody, nobody knew it. Right. But it had been sent out. So there's no communication. So we're just waiting for the appraisal to be done. Nobody knew what was going on. If I, so I pushed it back, you know, but it was that same because of that, those barriers, right. The lender can't talk to everybody. 
And it, you know, it was kind of comical now it got close, thankfully, but um, that was not the way it was. It was very much back, you know, this is our guy. He knows our thing. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of you. And, yep. and, and we all paid the price, you know? Um, yep. Yeah. The industry, the consumers mm-hmm. all paid the price. Absolutely. Well, you run um, an incredible business and, you know, you've been doing this since the nineties, you've been through a couple market cycles, you know, what, what I'd love to hear are, you know, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you wish you had known early on? Boy, that's a hard one because every changing market was preempted by different factors. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, Ah, gosh, that's a, that's a really hard one. As far as what I would have known, what I've known before, will that help me now in this changing market? I hope so. Experience, mm-hmm. um, being honest with your clients. Like right now, we've got sellers that are still dreaming big, big values. And I have to just have this very honest conversation with, I'm not doing my job if I'm letting you look through rose-colored glasses. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you the honest truth as a professional. And you may not like it, and you probably won't like it. And if that means I don't get the listing, then so be it. Yeah. But I have to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, were, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, that we're moving from a speed-based market to a skills-based market. Correct. And there's a certain amount of, you. if you're operating from a scarcity mindset, then every listing you go on, I have to get that listing. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem because you can start taking, like you said, you can start just saying whatever you need to say to get the contract signed. And I think ultimately what you're saying is there's a certain level of integrity that you're just not willing to let go of. That's know? it. Honesty, integrity, is got to be your base. Yeah. It's not about just getting them to sign on that listing agreement. You want them to trust you and respect your experience and your professionalism. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the reputation builder. And not everybody will. There's some sellers out there that are want the highest dollar, the lowest commission. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's their mindset. But... You know, they need to know what they're up against. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that I mean, that's that ultimately, I think, you know, like I said, that's the integrity, but that's the reputation builder, right? Because those agents who come in and they're just saying, oh, yeah, oh, we can do that. Or, you know, well, let's let's put it on the market at that and we'll just see what happens. Um, they're the ones who end up with that reputation of don't work with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the agent like yourself who comes in and says, listen, I'd love I'd love it if I was wrong, but I'm not right. Mm -hmm. The market, this house, we look at the comp, like just to go back to the data, that's integrity. And what happens more often than not is if it lists with another agent, it sits and it sits and it sits and it sits. Right. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it's going to cost that person money. Absolutely. You got to get stay ahead of the curveball. is my terminology right now is to stay ahead of the Mm curveball. We are in a changing market. You need to change with it. Yeah. I mean, if I could get them the price they want six days a week and twice on Sunday, I would absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. But you got to peel back the layers and look at reality. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, t- tell me about this. So, I, you know, I'm a brand new agent and I'm going on a listing appointment. How do I, how, how do you prep? What, what would I, what would I do to do, to do your listing presentation? What kind of work do I need to do to get there? Don't give me the whole listing. But I mean, like what, what kind of work goes into it? The research and what's going on in the neighborhood mm-hmm. as far as, do you know what the 1004 MC is? Tell me about it. Um, the appraisers use it a lot. Okay. Um, it tells you what, what the market has done, you know, a year from now, six months from now, three mm-hmm. months from now, and you can see the data on it. And it's very good information to show a seller, mm-hmm. you know, six months ago, they were getting 103% of their list price. Mm-hmm. Two months ago, they're getting this. Now this, this is where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do a lot of, I give them a lot of, this is what's sold then. This is what's active and pending now. And as you can see, the actives are growing, the pendings are growing and the solds are lessening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that data that I think it changes it from the, Hey, I'm your nephew to, Hey, I'm a professional. Yes. It's data. You know, the data's tells the story mm-hmm. of where the market is at and right. where the market is going. Yeah, absolutely. So that, and I mean, everybody wants to sell, I've got my marketing technique techniques, but let's face it, the, the MLS is your biggest platform. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, shoots off to 60 other platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is our biggest marketing tool, getting good pictures done and getting the house to show right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I have an agent, um, Kevin Allen says, um, mm-hmm. every listing, Kevin. yeah, he's, he's such a good man, but every listing is a price war and a beauty contest. Yep. Right. And it's funny because sometimes as agents and, and maybe it's because the industry has changed so much, right? We, you know, the MLS has changed everything. The online aggregators have changed everything. Yep. And so we, you know, I think there's a, agents can shy away from the, what I do is I help you determine the right price, right? But that is what we do because 80% of the fight is just being priced right, right? I mean, um, that, you know, that is absolutely, that's value, right? I'm the expert. I can appraise this for you or not appraise it. We don't use the wrong terms, but like I can show you how to get the most for your house. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about the value proposition because, you know, there's a lot of agents out there. We know that, um, you know, it's changed a little bit now because we have more listings on the market, but there used to be the stat was there are more agents than there are homes for sale, right? Um, and so standing out is important. In 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 Riverside, and we're a large metro area, mm-hmm. there are a number of agents who consistently are at the top of business, right? They're in that top 10, top 20%, you're one of them. So what do you do to differentiate yourself? What makes you stand out? Gosh. I don't think I do. Um, <laughs> well, you're doing okay. Um, we have a, you know, doing this for so many years, we have a good database mm-hmm. that we stay in touch with mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. Um, email is great, but we also do direct mail. Okay. We do direct mail. Um, last year with the business being as crazy as it was, it was really, you, it's hard to wear so many hats. So, um, you know, I 
my goal is every quarter to send my database something in the mail. Okay. Something in the mail. Whether it's a calendar, whether it's notepads, um, just something fun, Mm -hmm. just to keep my name and my number in front of them. Because they may not need to buy or sell a house, but they might know somebody else who will. Referrals are our probably biggest. Our our past clients and referrals is the majority of our business. Okay. I want to highlight something because I talked about value prop, right? Which in some respects, that's pre-assuming you're competing with somebody. What you just said is we stay in touch with our database to such a degree that we're not competing with anybody because we're the agent that people think of, right? Hopefully. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of wisdom there, right? Because, um, you know, I, and I love, this is kind of the way I like to put it, right? If you run a good database, it's like owning a gold mine. Right? Absolutely. And there's so many agents who just refuse to work in a gold mine. They'd rather go stand in the, in the creek and pan for gold and do, you know, cold calls and do this and do, you know, for sale by owners. Or, and those are all fine and it's good. But ultimately it's to put them in the database, right? So we've got more people we can stay in touch with. We Absolutely. Stay in contact and relationship with. Yeah. Absolutely. They pick up the phone and they call and they may need something or have a question or a concern. And I'm happy to answer their questions because... Sometimes it's not all about, I just talked to you because I want to make money. It's, I want to educate and assist, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. if, if, you know, they're in a dilemma. Yeah, I love it. And so again, you, so what you said is it's not always about um, real estate, but what I heard is, but it is always about value, right? And when we talk to people, there's an education component, there's assistance, there's, you know, you know, whatever it is that when you're interacting with your database, there is value, right? And Absolutely. That, and that's what keeps them coming back over and over again. And they send you referrals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they trust you. They say, you got to call Marla. She'll be the one to get it done. I just, one of the agents in my office who lives down in the Cowboy Streets, somebody on the neighborhood Facebook said, hey, does anybody know a good realtor? And one of my clients that I sold home to Shout out, call, Mar- call Marla Booth. Mm-hmm. She's the best or whatever. She said, I don't yeah. know. In fact, I've got to call her and thank her for that. <laughs> well, there you go. It's a follow-up too. You know, um, one of the things that um, I it just stands out in my mind with that value and all of those things is that it doesn't happen on accident. And we talk about marketing pieces. We talk about touches. But what's the best marketing piece you can get? It's somebody, right? Correct. It's somebody saying, you got to call Marla. Right. That's, that's the best marketing piece. And you got to pick up your phone. You got to answer those calls mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. I know, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but so many of the younger generation says, do not call. I only text. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's okay. Agent to agent. Sure. But with your clients, I mean, we've got clients, we've got agents in our office that are old timers. They can pick up the phone and they call their people constantly mm-hmm. they call their database check in how are you doing checking in letting, letting them know here's what the market's doing yeah oh yeah you know it's it i think you're absolutely right and you know the younger people let's say millennials and below we de- they default to the text message mm-hmm. and the text message is fine it's, it's quick, great it does all those things but it lacks the richness of human conversation right yep and so if you text somebody and they, you say, how are you doing? And they say, I'm fine. You don't hear the subtext. 
Correct. Right. And but as a, as a professional, like we're used to listening to people. There's a lot going. I'm fine. Can say a lot more than I'm fine. Correct. Right? Um, yeah. And in in this market, we've mentioned it. Um, you know, I, I think I said earlier, like there there used to be one hard conversation. It was around commission, right? Like, what are you going to charge me? Mm-hmm. Now we have two hard conversations: it's commission and price. Mm-hmm. And if you're just doing that on text, that relationship's going to get sour fast. Absolutely, because you don't know how that tone is coming across mm-hmm. in a text versus a conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that those hard conversations don't have to be hard if you're talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're just um, doing the quick, easy thing, right? Then what happens is you don't know that they're fuming on the other side of the line, right? Mm-hmm. And so, no, I, you're absolutely right. So um, back to the database. So you're working in the database. We've got a quarterly direct mail. You said you're contacting people monthly. So is that a, what? So tell me about the touches in your database. Like about how often do we touch? Um, the people, and I like to say your Mets, those are the people who recognize you in the supermarket, right? Mm-hmm. So past clients, friends, or whatever it is, but how often are we touching them? Well, in this shifting market that we're in, I'm going to be touching them in a lot more ways than I did in the last two years because mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to. Okay. Um, you know, they get a, they get a newsletter okay. every month, yep. you know, and Sometimes it's just about improvements on their home. Sometimes it's market base. Mm-hmm. And with that, they get my current listings of what we have listed. Okay. Um, so the newsletter includes the, the current listings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, they get a holiday um, email, whether okay. it's 4th of July, Memorial Day. And sometimes they respond back, you know, happy 4th of July. Hope you hope you're doing well as but it, it's all going out. Okay. Now I, I've done this uh, holiday emails pretty much. It's almost once a month, right? Cause there's always something. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. There's a few months that there's no holiday, but right. almost. I mean, you can always find like national cookie day, but yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So, okay. We're around 23, 24 touches then, right? Cause we got the, the monthly newsletter. Then we've got the holiday stuff. Okay. And, and okay. So what else are we doing? Direct mail. Direct mail. And that's coming out quarterly? Quarterly. Okay, so that's 20, let's say 28 touches right now, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And anything else that I'm missing? Any, like, uh... you know, I mean, um, phone calling. Yep. Okay. And is that uh, monthly, quarterly? You know, what are we, what are you doing on there? If I, if I see a listing in their area, yeah. I'll, you know, maybe email it to them or say, hey, did you see that this came up in your neighborhood? Just a heads up, this is what your neighbor's selling for. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So that so I'm gonna add, let's say maybe four four touches a year for that. Yeah. What do you think? So 28, so now it's taken us to 32, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I I and thank you for going through that with me. Because I just I just want anyone listening to hear this. That's how you get into the 30s, right? That's how you get to 30 plus units, is you've gotta be touching. 30 plus times a year. Mm-hmm. And we think that's too much, but that's just breaking through the static. Right. Because right. everybody you talk to is just as busy as you are. Right? I'm not a cold caller. Yeah. I don't chase expired listings. I just, that's just not me. Right. Yeah. I just work off of what I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, we used to farm a long, long time ago. Um, I don't see much coming out of that. Right. I get farmed myself constantly. Right. Yeah. Me with too. agents in my area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't, I'm sure there's some success in that, especially if you get out and you walk your neighbor neighborhood and you're introducing yourself. Unfortunately, I don't live in a neighborhood that I don't have a regular mm-hmm. tracked home neighborhood. Yeah. So I could walk up and down my street, but I would only hit a few houses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard that from other agents too. And it's, it's funny because when you are, when you're a young agent and you're getting started out, you've got neighbors all over the place because that's the neighborhood you live in. Mm-hmm. Right. But as you get more successful when you get to that bigger house or the neighbors get further apart. <laughs> and so it becomes a little more challenging. And so you end up doing, you know, client events in your home and that kind of thing. Right. But your database grows with you. Correct. And, that, and that, that's where the real power comes in. And even when they move out of state and we've had a lot of that lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remove them out of my database and I don't not mail them something because they know somebody that lives here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So just because they've left the state doesn't mean that I shouldn't stay in. And I do stay in touch with my clients. They have sold people all over them. They, they've purchased in Idaho, Utah, Tennessee, all over the place. And, you know, they always tell me, if you come out this way, stop by. And I give, I send them mails too. I send them mailers yeah. just as much. Mm-hmm. See, I, I love that too, because, you know, if I'm in big, if I'm big, Amazon, right. Or I'm uh, any of these big companies, I know that my greatest asset is my data. It's my database. Mm-hmm. It's the people, right. And that's, and as realtors, we just, we forget that, 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 that there's nobody that you know, who's a bad contact. Right. They're all a good contact, Absolutely. whether they're Florida, Idaho, you know, Montana, right? Because they may buy, they may sell. And, and those referral checks are still money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I love that. So, okay. So we've touched on the industry a little bit right now. We've talked on pricing. Um, but what I'd love to hear is just as you're seeing it, what are the greatest challenges for your ind- for your business right now in the industry? Um. Okay, so uh, right before I got here, mm-hmm. a buyer that um, I started working with about a year or so ago, and the market was just too crazy for him, so he just backed off out of it. Reached out to me a month ago and said, "Hey, do you remember me?" His name popped up, and I said, "David, it's of course I remember you." And he goes, "Well, I think I want to get back into the search again." Said it's a great time. You're going to be less competition. However, we need to revisit your approval because our interest rates have jumped up. Mm-hmm. And he did. He went back, got pre-approved again, and set him up on a search. He's looking at all the listings, and I can see what he's seeing, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so he just called me. He goes, gosh, everything you're sent. I, I'm seeing what you're sending me, but it's a lot smaller than what I really wanted to look for. Um, he goes, I think what we're going to do is hold off for about 60 days, pay off some debt mm-hmm. and try to get our approval up a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I asked him, do you want to still see the listings? Do you want me to stop them for now? And he said to stop them for now. And so I put a, a note in my database called David September 1st, see if mm-hmm. he's ready to pick it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our challenges right now is, um, in a seller who I talked to, um, who's going to be moving out of state, or they're kind of putting the brakes on right now. They said, can you call me back in November? Right. Same thing. So I, I set it up to call her in October. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's our challenges right now is delays. Yeah. People are wanting to maybe see where the market's going to go. Mm-hmm. Unless you have to sell, unless it's a relocation. A lot of buyers or sellers are holding off. Yeah. Or buyers are holding off. That's our challenge right now. Yeah. Yeah. The buyer conversations are different now because the, the rate hike up to 6% yep. definitely priced a lot of people out. Yep. Um, and I, I had a conversation with someone the other day he said, well, you know, what about just doing a, a, you know adjustable rate? You know, and then when the rates go back down, it'll just adjust down. And I said, did you know that 8% is a historical average? And he said he had no idea. Right. So buyers think that 6% is this really high rate, but it's not. You know? It's not. And if 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 our um, if inflation's at eight percent, we know that they're going to have to bring the rates up higher than inflation to stop inflation, right? And so those conversations with buyers now, it's like, okay, you can wait, but we have a limited. We have you know, yes, there's inventory going up, but we're a million houses underbuilt, right? Yep. And rates are going to go up, and for every percentage it goes up your buying power goes down X. And the so, buyers are thinking, well, I'm going to hold off and wait till the market crashes. We're not going to crash. No, no. I don't. We're going to maybe adjust a little bit. We don't have those same factors in play that we did in 2007 and 2008. Yeah. We don't. Um, sellers are going to have to really, you know, come down in their price a little bit, but it's not going to crash. I don't see a lot of foreclosures that's going to be hitting the market, at least not yet, unless something crazy happens in the job industry. But mm -hmm. there's we have more jobs than people are willing to work. Right. Yeah. We're underbuilt in houses. But it's getting difficult to for buyers to qualify for that higher loan amount with the interest rates going up. So the sellers are going to have to adjust and come down. That's yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Well, what are you seeing? I, I, I would agree with you. I think it, you know, we, we mentioned going back to a skills-based industry, right? And, you know, now we have to have agents on the buyer side who are working with their buyers to, to and listing agents to say, listen, we, we love it. It's the perfect house. It's been on the market for 40 days. And so would you be willing to, to buy down my client's rate? Right? Exactly. I mean, that used to be just part of the yep. game, right? Um, you know, uh, it's, it's going as a buyer's agent and saying, listen, we want some seller concessions. And then on the listing agent side, get used to hard conversations. Right. Um, and that's, that's where you earn your money is saying, listen, I know that you would hope for more, but I really think our best bet would be this, you know, um, and those are, but that's what we're paid to do. Absolutely. Know? I mean, that we're going to be in this for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, probably through to the end of next year. I don't know. Yeah, that's, you know, around that. I've heard maybe a little six months longer, you know, maybe two years. That's sort of the, you know, and it all, there's a lot of it that's the the political situation. Right. Right. You know, what happens there, you know, who knows? Out of it's, my control. Yeah, right. absolutely. Totally out of our control. But the only thing we can tell sellers is, you know, we need to pay attention to the market. It's going to talk to us mm -hmm. and we need to listen. Yeah. And by talking to us, meaning... We put it out there and you're not getting the showings that we need. The biggest fix is the price. If yeah. the house shows okay, the biggest fix is the price. Yep, absolutely. Or if we're getting the showings but no offers, 
circle back again. Mm-hmm. If they're out there buying something, but they're not buying us, what are they buying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and everyone, everybody has that idea of why they think their home is the exception to the rule, mm-hmm. right? It's not. Have you ever taken a seller out to a neighborhood listing so that they could compare their house to the listed house. I love the idea. I mean, I think that's, there's your gem right now, right? You know, so yep. do that on your listing appointments, schedule some previews, right? Yep. Here's what percent, before we sit down to go through the contract, let's just go, we're going to take a quick drive. We'll go through the five listings that I think are the most comparable to yours and where they're priced at. And compare. Absolutely. And that's, I think, and again, more powerful than just, well, here's this piece of paper, mm-hmm. way more powerful. Here's what a buyer is going to see when they see your house, this house, and that house. Right. So tell me why. Why is yours worth more than that one? You know, because I want more. Because <laughs> right? I want more. Yeah. Well, I've got this and I did this and I did this. Yeah, well, so did they. Maybe not the exact same things, but. Yeah. And with the interest rates going up, the buyers are going to be price conscious and they're going to get into the lower, the lower home and maybe make those adjustments themselves over mm-hmm. time. You know, in the in the last shift, what was it? Well, in every shift, right? What does everybody want? They want the they want the value. You know, it was mm-hmm. priced like a bank owned. Is you know that's if it wasn't bank owned. If it was bank owned, it was bank owned, and there was that was. And people forget it in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. There was still a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. It was for the best value. Absolutely right. And in every market, there's always going to be the feeding frenzy. There's always going to be those twenty percent of listings that are priced right and staged well, and they're going to have multiple offers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's the goal of a listing agent: is how do I how do I be one of those consistently? Right? Because that's where your reputation comes from. Right? It's not easy. No. Well, okay, Marla, thank you. I really appreciate the time. And um, I think there have been some just some great insights, right? If you want to be a top producer, that database is where you go. And in a market like this one, we don't step away from the database. We step into it, right? It's back to the fundamentals. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, so I guess the last question I want to end with then is what's next? You guys have been in it for a while, right? You've been doing this for a while. You've, you've got your investments uh, that you've been building up, I imagine. And, and we didn't really get too deep into that, but how many doors right now? If we're, like, Do you hold rentals? Do you flip? What are you guys doing right now? Um, we have rentals. Okay. And we had more, but we've gotten rid of some that maybe were a little challenging. Maybe the location wasn't great. Sure. Didn't sure. bring in the quality of the, sure. the personnel we wanted. Right. So we're at six rentals of which, um, that's our retirement. Our goal is we most are paid off. Some still have a little bit, but now what we're doing is we've done some flips here in the last couple of years. Um, now we're going through and we are rehabbing and updating and making all of our current assets really, really nice. Nice. And, gaining a lot more rent. Right. But I love this too, because my guess is we've held some of these for a while. We've depreciated over time, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're putting the improvements into it and then Mm -hmm. we're going to depreciate the improvements over time. Right. And so there's this whole, again, we could, we could get deep into this and I I would love to sometime, but so that's, that's the the rental part of it. What's next for the real estate career? Where are you guys going? What's, what's on the horizon? What do you guys, what's the next? You know, good question. Um, my kids keep asking me, mom, dad, what's your exit strategy? And we don't know yet. Um, 
I don't see us not ever just flat not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jim likes to, is wanting to scale back in the maybe the real estate part of it so much. He really enjoys doing flips, rehabs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still has his clientele that you know, um, you know, he he's not going after it as hard as what maybe he should. But he's coming up to seventy. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so with the last few years being what they have been, um, we haven't traveled much. So we're actually going to take a couple of weeks and go to Scotland and Ireland in August. Oh, cool. We're going to take advantage of this time and go see a bit of the world. I love it. I love it. I mean, and, and it's that lifestyle you want to live, right? We all got into real estate. Uh, nobody got in it because they thought, I want to work to death. You know. And you do work. And it, yeah. it will take control of your life. It yeah. does take control of your life yeah. if you let it. Yeah. And I do, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I love it because what I hear is you're at that stage in your career where it's time to start putting, and I love your kids, you know, mom, dad, when? When are you going to stop, right? But it's it's the time to step from the sort of um, the entrepreneur, like we say, move from E to P, right? Entrepreneur purposeful. So how do I become the CEO of this business? And, and then, you know, allow that business to continue to generate income so we can go do the flips, we can travel, we can do the things. But that database we spent so long growing continues to produce for absolutely. us. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. So. That will be my go-to six days a week and twice on Sunday. I love it. Good deal. Well, um, hey, I, I, this has been a great conversation. I hope that you got lots from it. Marla, thank you so much for your time. And, and hopefully we can come back again. And I'd love to go down that rabbit hole on investments with you too. So um, any last words before we sign off? Um, just thank you. I appreciate I'm have I'm complimented by you inviting me here. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm honored that you would join us. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Um, and uh, you guys can catch the next one next time. See you later. Music by bensound.com.